My friends, what's up? So this is a unique episode for us today. It's actually, I was on someone else's podcast and I was interviewed by them for info on their show. And I connected with my friend Luis Sosa. He is the host of the 9 to 5 Dive, basically showing people how to be able to leave their jobs and create passive income and follow their passions by uh, financial independence. And some people are able to retire early in this instance. So he interviewed me about how debt-free college could get, you know, start people off on that path, as well as how I'm kind of developing my passive income engine with uh, scholarships leading to coaching and courses and such. So a little bit different of a topic today, but I thought, um, <laughs> if I do say so myself, that I explained things kind of in a, a good certain order, and I thought, why not just have it on here for you guys to hear as well. So I hope that you enjoy this talk with Luis and that you can go check out his podcast as well, The 9 to 5 Dive. Hey girl, welcome to Money and Mental Peace, a podcast for Christian college girls wanting to graduate debt-free. Do you procrastinate on homework while Googling easy scholarships and money for college because you're drowning in debt and student loans? Afraid you'll never have enough time and motivation to find ways to pay for college when you don't even have enough time to sleep or have a social life? I'm Kara. I too was a stressed college student and overachiever looking for money and mental peace. I wondered if there were other ways to pay for college, and I wished for a clear direction on how to do it. I wanted an easier way to fund college with less anxiety, but I kept telling myself I had no idea what to do thought I wasn't finished in school fast enough, and thought I would never have enough money. Until some scholarships and real rare school hacks got me through debt-free, and I can show you how to do this as well. In this podcast, you'll find mental peace, answers for your future, and enough money to kill it at college. So grab your cold brew and TI-89 and enroll in the most stress-free and debt-free class that you've ever attended. This is Money and Mental Peace. All right, on today's episode, we have Kara Walker joining us. And Kara graduated from college debt-free and is now on a quest to help other students do the same with her podcast, Money and Mental Peace, and her upcoming course, The Debt-Free College Blueprint. She's a 20-something Christian entrepreneur, amateur snowboarder, and recovering overachiever. Kara enjoys goal setting, budgeting, and living a debt-free lifestyle and wants to help you do the same. Welcome to the show, Kara Walker. Hey, thank you so much for connecting. I, I really was excited because I think we have some, you know, similar topics and themes on our podcast. So thanks for having me. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I know when we've talked in the past, um, we've talked about debt, we've talked about uh, personal finance, all sorts of really fun stuff. So I would love it if you could spend a little bit of time up front just telling the audience about yourself. Uh, a little bit of background and some color, because I think we've got a really interesting set of paths we can go down in terms of helping people on the show figure out you know, how to send their kids to school, potentially without debt coming out the other side, or how they could themselves go back to school and take advantage of a lot of the programs and things that you're going to talk about today. So from a financial independence standpoint, this just makes it so that you know, education is not going to derail their plan. Right. Yeah. Um, so would love it if you could just give some color on, you know, who is Kara Walker? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Okay. So Kara Walker was a uh, nerdy little high school homeschooler and who had this uh, financial class for one of her credits with Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. And I was like, oh, look, you can slowly and you know, God honoring honorably and well done, become a millionaire. I'm going to do that. Okay. And then as I go on, actually throughout high school and college, I had learned about like the, the fire community, you know, financial independence, retire early if you want to retire, or at least have the uh, option to retire early. Cause I've always daydreamed of let's go travel the world or do whatever. And, um, that kind of started this dream of mine, but, I knew through, if anyone knows of Dave Ramsey's baby steps, like I knew I could save an emergency fund, but the next step is paying off debt. And I was like, I hadn't even gone to college. I have to figure out how to do this next step to move onward. And so my specific story, well, you asked for color. The rest of the color is uh, the recovering overachiever, for example. You know, I, I graduated with honors, but I probably would have done better getting a little bit less grades and a little bit more sleep or something. Um, that's why I have my podcast entitled Money and Mental Peace to be able to do it together. And to throw out my tagline, I help Christian college girls graduate from college debt-free using scholarships and school hacks. And now this applies to um, anyone. I just niched down to who I was in the past, but all of the tacticals could apply to anyone. So a little bit of how I did it was I kind of just came in with a mindset. Like that's a first step. I was like, I want this thing to happen. And I had to come in with a mindset of almost like if someone's getting married and they're like, divorce is just not even going to be an option. We're just going to figure stuff out and go to counseling or whatever. Like I was like, loans are just not going to be an option. Like it's not even going to be a topic. Like I just am going to have to figure some other way out. Um, and so for kind of a quick ABC of what I did, um, I tested out of a lot of classes. There's something called a CLEP test college level examination program. Um, you can, if you study on your own test out hundred bucks, I get three credits. I get six credits. I finished half of my associate's degree for $600. That was like 30 credits for $600. And I've since learned how there are ways to get reimbursed for that through other programs. So um, potentially free college for a couple of years. I also had done scholarships and grants that either I had to apply for or just worked through my GPA. And a cool thing is I did an internship with the National Park Service. And that not only developed job experience and helped me decide what I wanted to go into, but also I was able to have a lot of resume building. I wrote a federal grant proposal through that for like a kayak program. And I got an education award through AmeriCorps um, wow. through doing that. So I was kind of like, there's, I don't know if we're going to say ABCs, it's kind of like <laughs> some testing out of that's lowering the cost. It's not just finding money for college it's lowering the cost. And then yeah. there's grants and scholarships, then there's internships. And then there's fun hacks. Like I was a note taker in a class I was already in and I got paid to sit there and take notes and I got paid to sit in class and I know how to find cheap textbooks, all the things. Yeah. That's my story. And were all of these things that you did, did you do them while you were in college or did you do some of them before you got there? Uh, pretty much in college. Um, so 
it was kind of like a prayer of like, what do I do next year? What do I do next year? Um, I started with testing out of classes with a friend of mine who was going to do it too. So we would study together and test out. And this is because her mom had learned about this through something called college plus it's not called that anymore. It's like ways to, they like teach you how to find different online stuff to test out of and transfer, et cetera. Um, I'm not sure what it's called now. It might be Lumeret Scholar at this point. And I, it was kind of like, what do I do the next year? What do I do the next year? I had some money for my graduation party. So then I did a couple night classes at the community college. Then I actually heard about a choir scholarship at our community college, which is, let's just be honest, it's crazy. It was a full ride uh, community college, full ride tuition scholarship for singing in the choir. So I went and applied for that. It was almost like I did one step at a time for as far as I could see out in the future, which was usually only the next semester or maybe year ahead of me. And there was a period of time that I didn't know what I was going to do next and didn't have a ton of the money. So I just went to school part-time for a couple semesters or like really part-time, like one class at a time while I worked at the national park service. Like, I mean, like I kind of just found a next thing. Um, so my answer is I pretty much was doing it as I was going. And that's why I want to now be able to tell people that they can look ahead of time and, and almost lay out a plan, you know, yeah, yeah. based on my experiences. And, and I want to get to that plan, um, in a bit, but have you tallied up, you know, everything that you did while in college? Like how much did that ultimately end up saving you? Oh man. Um, I haven't officially tallied up because some of the scenario changes with inflation. And, um, I, I didn't keep track of how much books were when I found cheap textbooks, you know what I mean? But, um, if someone's going to go to, let's say a public state university, right? Private schools are going to be even more, but let's just assume the public state university. Mine was like, 12,000 a year once I finally transferred to Eastern Michigan. Mm -hmm. And, um, so if you're going to say that's four years, that's like 48, that's up to $50,000. And that's not even with room and board extra, um, fees. Did you know that online classes are more expensive because there's online lab fees? I don't know. So, um, (laughs) let's say that was $50,000 and out of pocket, I probably paid no more than five, 10,000. Um, and I didn't go now, let's be clear. I didn't go to that university those four years. I did different things, testing out community college scholarships. What I'm just trying to say is if we're comparing to like maybe $50,000 for a whole four year university. And I, I, I did it and I I apologize. I don't have the exact numbers. Like I said, like five to 10, but I could, I could help someone do it in less than five. I've had friends who have done it. But the savings sounds like it's in the tens of thousands. Absolutely. Absolutely. For potential. Unless of course someone wants to play football there and they get a scholarship there. I mean, you don't have to do it like I did it, but there's potential. Yeah. So I'd like to kind of maybe talk through two scenarios. Um, One of those scenarios is, you know, somebody who's listening to the show has, uh, is starting to think about college for their high school kid or high school kids. And they want to see if there are ways that they could send their kids to college and that have their kids graduate debt-free. What could those individuals start thinking about upfront and, and when should they do that in terms of timing? 
Sure. Absolutely. So um, I'm going to do the timing first. Cause that's just an easy, quick answer. Um, there are scholarships out there for middle school and up. So, um, maybe not as common. You're probably going to have more of the scholarship opportunities, senior, junior and senior of high school, but it's not like quote unquote too early to start, but I would say starting would be very chill talking with your children about what do you want to study and do in your life? And even more so concept of money. You know, if those listening are already on a financial independence journey, like why, what's the why are you talking with your kids about the why about dreaming of the future? What if they could just work 20 hour a week and travel, you know, like there's so much mindset around this and children, um, are not always going to do what you tell them, but what they see you doing. Are you handling your money? Well, is there a positive association with money? Why are you on a financial independence journey? Like communicating some of that with your kids. So my parents, I think are good at money. Um, but I just was like a crazy next level extremist here. And I was like, I'm going to do it this way. And then like, I developed this on my own, like age 16 and up see how much just communicating with your kids can start this off. But I think for the more practicals, um, definitely looking into it in high school is awesome. And some kids out there, college is not a necessity. I'm sorry. Like I am here and I talk about college and I have a podcast about it, but it's not necessary, but it's amazingly awesome. And it can be important, but like, does your kid want to go one way to not go into debt for college is if they're so good at cars or plumbing or whatever, <laughs> go to a trade school, you know, um, are they into entrepreneurial stuff? There are some, um, on, there are some programs with that. Like, I think just having a mindset of that and even like, I love gap years, like what do they learn? But it, let's say your kid is wanting to do like quote unquote traditional route to, um, a main degree. Cause so I feel like I just answered the surrounding questions. Let's go to like the nucleus, right? Um, how can they get started looking early if they're in high school right now and they just studied American history and they did reasonably well, how about go and have them take a CLEP test on American history do it for free. I can tell you about it. It's through this program called modern States. They give you a voucher. If you pass the CLEP test, maybe your kid's a sophomore and they get three credits. I did several, I did a, a English comp class or, um, CLEP test that got me six credits for only a hundred bucks. I didn't even know there was ways to pay, have someone like reimburse you. What I'm saying is their potential. I also talked to a lot of homeschoolers. There's potential of, just whatever they're learning, have them go get college credits for it for free. If, if you want, if that's the type of student they are, of course you can figure it out. Maybe they need classes more. So maybe they can look into dual enrollment or middle colleges. A lot of my um, acquaintances go to our community college for quote unquote middle college, where they're doing high school and college classes, both there at the school, but it's for free because it's with high school. It's very interesting concept. And when they graduate from high school, they will graduate with an associate's degree. That's another way to do it free, but like maybe your kid's not as much self-motivated to be able to study on their own and go test out of something. That's another way. And I am wondering if I got a little off topic of your original questions. I think you were talking about when to start maybe, and how much did I answer that, Luis? Yeah, no, I think you know, it sounds like there's some things that you can do 
before your kid is even in college, like have the conversation line, open the line of communication of his college, right. For you, all those things. And then this idea of middle college is obviously something that you can do before they go to a college because they, they can kind of bundle high school with college and maybe save themselves some money's ultimately, ultimately, if they go to pursue a bachelor's, um, anything else before the kid goes to college that they can be doing? Sure. It depends on, um, of course the situation, whether it's someone's homeschooled or in, in middle college or in high school, whatever, but, um, what they can be doing while they're still in college is they can look for and apply for scholarships. There are a lot of opportunities out there. Um, I have a certain episode of my podcast that's talking about how to find scholarships in 10 minutes a day, and it's going in concentric circles. What scholarship do you and your family know about? What about the school counselor? What about your church or this club you're already in? And then kind of branching outward. There's so many opportunities and they can be hard sometimes, depends if your kid like writing or not. But also there are a lot that are like volunteer, like, like, um, donate. There's one that was like, donate your old prom dresses and be qualified to win. That might be a little more competitive because it's a little easier. You're not having to write something out, but there's the duct tape scholarship, which is make a creative prom dress and earn up to $10,000 for college. Like there are so many opportunities of both lowering the price meaning like testing out or middle college and gaining money through scholarships and such and making it fun for the kids. If you're homeschooling, have some of their uh, schoolwork be applying for these scholarships and make that the writing class or the creativity or the whatever, whatever. There's a lot of ways to lower price and up how much money it's like you want to do both. Yeah. In terms of applying for scholarships, sounds like there's a, there's a lot out there, but, um, where do people go to actually find these? Right. Um, both the asking other people, like where the parents work, sometimes there's scholarships related or the school counselor, their church, or if you already know what college your kid's going to directly asking them. So if your kid has received an acceptance letter from a college and they're like, you qualify for this scholarship based on GPA, no, that's only the tip of the iceberg. There's usually a quote unquote general application scholarship that is at a college that will send, if you fill it out, we'll send it to all sorts of scholarships within the school. Also, there are departmental scholarships that you have to go ask the advisor about or endowed scholarships, which are like this rich family's kid went here and they want to put money towards it. Like just know that what they tell you in an acceptance letter is only the tip of the iceberg of scholarships in a college. Secondly, very simple answer, go Google scholarship databases, you're going to pop up with a list, scholarshipowlniche.com, Unigo. You usually have to moke, moke, I don't know what I'm saying. Go make an online account. So they will give you some spammy emails. You might want to make a separate email for it and um, just put like filters in, like, what are you studying? How old are you? Where do you live? And they'll pop up scholarships for you that apply to your certain situation. Um, there's a couple options. Got it. Yeah. The parents workplace idea is an interesting one. I didn't even know that Mm -hmm. those types of opportunities were even out there. Yeah. 
really depends, of course, private, public, government, or if there's sometimes a GI bill that you didn't use, sometimes your kid can use. But I I feel like I can't make a definitive statement on that because sometimes the rules on that change frequently. So just look it up. <laughs> Got it. So one follow-up question before we move to what are some opportunities once the kid is in college, but um, you said, you know, sounds like there might be some opportunities beyond what is offered to your child when they get that acceptance letter. Who do they talk to about these other opportunities? Is it admissions? Um, admissions could be the start of it. Like, who do I ask about this general accept, uh, scholarship application or, or where do I find more scholarships? They might be able to send like links to you, but then you might need to follow up more with financial aid. Um, also, simply going to the website of the college and typing in the search bar they have scholarships usually can help you do a little bit of search. Like in this day and age, your kid probably knows how to search for things. Like I don't want to be assumptive, but just like there are usually ways that they separate them and it depends on the school website, but it could say incoming freshman scholarships, transfer scholarships, current student scholarships. You kind of start looking for and going to what applies to your student so that, so they're searching for it and then probably financial aid, um, just like the financial aid department. Um, but when you call financial aid, here's a little pro tip. You usually have to have the student on the phone because they can't just give any information to anybody because of finances. So, yeah. Got it. Okay. All right. So now assuming that kids are in college, you know, you've talked about, uh, CLEP tests as one option. You talked about scholarships, you talked about internships. Can we maybe double click on a few of those that you, mm -hmm. you think are most relevant, uh, yeah. for, for people? Um, I, I am, if I am still up for the whole testing out of classes deal. So, um, CLEP tests are generally, a little bit more of the general classes you're going to have probably the first two years. So if your kid is still in that time frame, though, they can still be going for it. Even if they're in a traditional college setting, you could do it over the summer. Like one, one class at my four-year university at one point was like $1,500. What if you can go pay a hundred bucks for your student to get out of it? I mean, not get out of it, like to test out of it. <laughs> Don't cheat. Um, so, but there are other ones I just mentioned CLEP, but there's something called DSSTs. Um, and that used to be with, uh, military, um, used to be able to use it to work on their education while they were, um, deployed, et cetera, if, if they had time and now it's available for civilians. And those are different high level ones, even up to, um, junior, senior year. And also perhaps do a Google search on scholar, or I'm sorry, on colleges that have a high transfer rate. Two that I can throw out there are Thomas Edison State University and Excelsior College. They accept almost unlimited amount of transfers and they have some of their own online testing options that I have a few friends who finished their, um, degree at these out-of-state schools just through online testing. One friend, he was, let's just say he was pretty um, passionate and, and motivated on it. This might not be your kid, but he was homeschooled and he graduated high school at 18 with also his bachelor's degree from Thomas Edison State University because all he did through high school was study things and learn for high school and then test out of it 
through this uh, college in New Jersey, and it cost him maybe two, three thousand dollars, at least under five thousand dollars. So it depends on how uh, extreme you want to be. But that's a double click that there are a ton of well, not a ton. There are a few universities that are like accept so many types of testing out. Um, is that what you meant by a double click focus? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So that I feel like we touched on scholarships. You also talked about internships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How does that work? How do you find an internship? What are, uh, you know, what are the benefits of that and how does that work financially? Sure. Absolutely. Um, for internships, Often it's sometimes even required to graduate at a four-year university or just good for your resume. So for one step, that's awesome. The thing with, is it paid or are there, um, is there money attached? Thinking of it this way, usually um, engineering internships tend to be the most paid, like while you're still in college, you can get paid to do an engineering internship. And then also business usually. Um, a lot of internships are volunteer. And so they're a lot more uh, like just get stuff on your resume related. What I did specifically was through AmeriCorps program that gave me, I don't even remember. I feel like it was, I, I know I've written this down somewhere because I was working on writing a book before I looked up and started to do a podcast, but I think it was at least a few thousand dollars in um, an education award through AmeriCorps being placed in a national park. But not only that, I got a living stipend. So I kind of quote unquote got paid. How you would look for these are kind of the same way of scholarships. Is there one connected through your parents or, or the person listening, you know, their place of work? What about asking um, the high school or the college that they're connected to? And then there are also just websites if we're doing general databases like um, indeed.com and looking for internships. Or just honestly, any like online find a job website and typing in internships or, or the filters, right? A certain type of internship online, in person, et cetera. Um, so I would say whatever you're imagining about scholarships, there's usually can be some of the same applications for searching for internships in that scenario. But it, you're not always going to get scholarship award or paid to do it, you kind of have to dig a little deeper for that for internships. Cause a lot of people are like, Oh, this is just for your resume. Yeah. And that, so I wanted to ask like the financial benefit either is they give you some sort of compensation, like an hourly wage that you in turn would use to pay off your, your uh, tuition, or, um, is it you work and then you get some sort of like debt forgiveness? Like how, how do you get compensated so sure. that it like lowers your tuition? Exactly. I don't have personal experience with, with one that has some sort of debt forgiveness. So I'm not going to be able to speak to that if that's out there. Um, but generally the student is getting paid in internships or if they're getting paid, whether hourly or through some sort of something. Um, and then you would have to transfer it or not transfer it, but send it to your school. However, sometimes there are school connected ones. So if anybody has work study, which is you might get through your FAFSA filling out, that's the federal application for student aid. That's if there's a different income, a certain income level, like you're below this certain level, you're eligible for work study. 
And that would be that you can be placed somewhere in the school, but the school doesn't have to pay you. The government pays your paycheck. So schools really like if you have work study because they don't have to pay you. (laughs) They just put you there. In that instance, sometimes the income will just go straight to your tuition. Uh, That's unfortunately my answer to these questions are the same answer to scholarships. It can just depend on the eligibility requirements that they list on their info website. Yeah. Anything else that we missed outside of the CLEP test, the scholarships and grants, internships, any other major categories? Um, Just a quick one. Guys, don't go buy brand new textbooks unless if you need it for like an online access code. Sometimes they have to do that if it's an online course, but there are so many ways to rent. I mean, my calculus book was $300. I just rented it one semester for 50 bucks from like Amazon or just literally Google, where do I rent textbooks? So I just want to throw that pro tip out there. Like do not spend full price on those if you don't have to. Sometimes yeah. it's required for certain codes. Yep. Other, other call it non-tuition type opportunities out there for things. You, you talked about books, but like I'm thinking meals or housing or mm-hmm. others, anything else out there? Mm-hmm. So I commuted. So I don't have as much personal experience with learning about or finagling like room and board type of thing, but students can become RAs where they get free room and board at a certain age level. I think you probably have to be a junior, but it can depend on the college um, where they're a resident assistant, where they're kind of in charge of their floor of students and they can get free room and board for doing that work. So it's like you have that job, but it's paying for that. And that's usually a good chunk because room and board can be uber expensive. And then there's other things like even if someone does not have work study, trying to find a job on campus that isn't too hard or time consuming. Like I worked at the marketing department. I don't mean that they marketed the college. I mean, it was literally the school of business marketing department. I worked there answering phones and transferring people. And I just sat there and did my homework until a phone call came in. Like, don't, don't just sit at home doing your homework, sit behind a desk and get paid minimum wage. It's just minimum wage. But like, I got my paper done and I got gas money, you know, just thinking around those types of things are advice. I think those are the main points. Awesome. So the other scenario that I had in mind was, you know, we, we might have some people listening who are thinking about going back to school that could be for a bachelor's that could be for a master's. Um, does this apply for a master's program as well? Yes. Um, I'm going to say the short answer is yes. Trying to all of these things that I just suggested and applying that. But with masters specifically, you're probably not going to do be able to do CLEP tests because those are a little bit more lower level, right? There are a few things. Some scholarships aren't for masters, but but quite a few are. And um, I just talked about being an RA for like if it's room and board, but you can look into being a GA, which is graduate assistant. And a lot of GAs will get their master's degree paid for if they're like, a graduate assistant, student assistant, they help in the classroom for like a professor who does like um, bachelor degree, like lower level classes. And this can depend on the school. You know, um, sometimes it's really intensive and there's a lot of hours a week. But when I worked at the marketing department, there were some GAs who were there and 
compared to like the science department where they had to set up lab and do all this stuff, the marketing GAs just sat there until a professor needed them. And they just sat there and did their homework. So they basically sat there, did their homework and got their master's degree tuition paid for, unless if a professor needed them, of course, that was top priority. So anywhere around being able to be a GA or applying the scholarships concept and even some with testing out, like I said, it's a little harder at that level, but even just asking, are there certain, just like asking the department advisor or financial aid, are there certain things that apply to the scenario of testing out. And there are a lot of internships or maybe not even internships. Maybe it's jobs. Maybe you're in a job already that would send you to go back to school and pay for it if you did something special or extra project for their company. Yeah. So it does all apply, but sometimes with different nuances. Got it. Okay. So switching gears a little bit. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about financial independence and your journey and all all the things that you're doing around building, you know, a passive income engine for yourself. Um, So in financial independence, there's kind of three core things I talk about a lot. One is saving money, earning more money, and then investing. And I'd love to talk about the earning piece, right? So you're you're really focused on the earn piece right now, specifically around passive income. So what, what are your aspirations uh, and how did, how did you get to like land on, on where you are today? I love this question because when I talk with others in different podcasts, we don't normally get to have this type of conversation. It might be like, I don't know, it's just not as connected. So yes. Um, I mean, it started in daydreaming about it when I was 16, learning about how you can invest and compound interest. You can be a millionaire and that's not a bad thing to be wealthy or not even have to be wealthy, but just enough money to be financially independent and not work as much if you don't want to. Like I was just amazed at that concept. So throughout high school and college and you know beyond, I would listen to a lot of podcasts or just YouTube videos on it. And um Okay. So let me see, let me answer each of these points. I will throw out this investment. I know I'm not really deep in investments, but I'll throw this out because I graduated debt-free and imagine whoever's listening, your kid graduating debt-free. The month after I graduated college, I started an LLC and I started saving for retirement in my Roth IRA. That's because I was self-employed, Roth IRA connection, et cetera. Um, and this year I'm currently working on maxing that out. So just even be able to graduate debt-free, like my money I earn is mine within reason of bills and, you know, whatever, but not paying back loans. So that's a, that's the cool thing with earning the concept that I would like to do, um, is develop a passive income engine connected through podcasting that trickles down to, um, coaching and courses. And my goal for this is I, I'm currently single. So I'm, I would love to have a family and I would love to be that, um, I'm going to be that nerdy homeschool mom who works 10 hours a week and has a six figure business because I built it up through having, um, a scalable coaching business or, um, you know, I, I, you and I both Luis know of a lady who charges $800 an hour for her coaching and it, and they get filled up. Like how crazy is that? And also developing an online course that can, um, sell while we sleep. And that's connected through having uh, good market research, a niche focus, 
awesome metadata and SEO embedded in my podcast episode titles and such. So my goal is to be able to build such a thing up where I might not be looking to retire early in the traditional sense. Some people coming from the uh, financial independence community, that's the next their next idea. But I want to be able to have financial independence um, while living my life and, um, right. Financial independence officially though, I mean, that would be able to invest more as I grow with this and earn money off of my investments, right? Like that would also tie into this passive income business. And to do that, I have been saving now, but I am investing in various things like some mentorship or training to be able to like boost the sun faster. And, um, I know we're not mainly talking about this, but the last dream of mine connected with this is to buy a house for cash. I don't know if I'll get to that point. And if I don't, you better believe I'll be paying off the mortgage as fast as I can. Um, But I think all of it could go together because in my life, I really want to learn and give. If I had money and time, I'd want to go learn to surf and learn to play drums in Africa and learn this or that or the other thing and give like crazy to charities that I really enjoy. So that's my inspiration. Awesome. Awesome. Well, so two things. One is I am going to have a podcast coming up and I think the title is why not to pay off your mortgage. So I will send you the link to that. Um, but the second is, you know, say you achieve financial independence, right? Which a lot of people now in like their twenties and thirties are achieving. They're, they're reaching a point where they don't have to work anymore. They can choose to work if they want to, but what, what would that look like for you? Like, what would you do? Yeah. Um, because, so I'm in my twenties and I'm still kind of in like developing my life. Right. So the, the idea is, as this grows, I probably would still just be raising a family. And I don't want to sound um, arrogantly like, oh yeah, I'll be financially independent by that point. But you and I both know that it really is math. Like if this trajectory I'm on, I can, I can look ahead. I don't have all the calculations. Don't ask me that, but I can look ahead and see myself being able to get something like this anywhere between five, 15 years. I know that's a broad range. I'm still figuring out this first year of my really in-depth podcast, um, business model, but what I would probably be doing is just earning money while I raise a family. Like how crazy is that? I look over in my investments. So, you know, earned $500 yesterday. I mean, I know it's a long-term thing for some investments you can't take out you know, right then, but potentially that also being able to help my kids go through college debt-free. And I just, I would love to even get to the point of investing in real estate and, um, oh, we have a vacation house here. I mean, but it's like rented out to other people, but like, Hey, we can go here for this time. And I would love to travel around. I, what it would look like for me is just doing the, the things of my life as though I would be a, um, mostly stay at home parent, Although I think I would still like to work part-time just because I enjoy it Um, and just earning money while I do it. I mean, and I really also want to be able to shore up and give to some family members to, you know, really be established for um, retirement and 
people to have peace in that. My podcast is called Money and Mental Peace. I think they are so connected and I want to encourage people with that. Awesome. Well, Kara, this has been uh, amazing. And I feel like when my kids graduate debt-free, when they actually do go to college and when I actually have kids, uh, I'll have to send you a check in the mail for services rendered on this podcast. (laughs) Um, But it's been great having you on. Where can people find you online? Thank you so much. Yeah, I would just say go check out the podcast, please. Money and Mental Peace. It has free information. You know, if you if you want more in depth, we have a Facebook group and I am on Instagram at Money and Mental Peace. But just come over for free concept and advice and send me questions. I'm there. All right, Kara. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. I hope you found that conversation with Kara Walker to be useful. Here are my takeaways. Number one, one of the biggest takeaways from the discussion with Kara for me was about going into paying for college with a mindset where loans were not going to be an option for her. She was going to figure it out. I think having this type of mindset around your personal finance goals is a great idea. Think about how you could use this framing to set a financial goal for yourself, like I'm going to invest $100,000 or I'm going to pay off my car loan no matter what. Number two, communicating with your children about what they want to study and do with their life is important, and many people have that conversation with their children early on in high school. While they may not have the answers to your questions, at least it gets them thinking about it. Number three, college is not a necessity. It can be awesome, but there are alternative paths like trade schools, entrepreneurial paths, etc., These alternative paths are something worth exploring, particularly as many career paths increasingly aren't requiring college degrees. Number four, there are several ways to help you or your kids graduate college debt-free, and this applies to both undergraduate and graduate degrees. Here are a few of the options we talked about. CLEP exams for receiving college credits and testing out of courses. That was number one. We also talked about scholarships, which can be available through your church, your community, employers, and the university itself through general application scholarships to departmental scholarships, etc. And there are also many unique scholarships out there like the duct tape scholarship that Kara mentioned. Kara also suggested Googling scholarship databases and made references to ScholarshipAL and Niche.com. Internships are another opportunity to earn income while going to school to help pay for college. This includes work-study through college, as well as internships outside of school. And then lastly, Kara mentioned something called middle college, a combination of high school and college classes that allow you to gain college credit while attending high school. Number five, passive income engines take a lot of upfront work, but can provide a future stream of revenue once they are built and they can accelerate your financial independence journey. Kara is building a passive income engine of coaching and courses with a foundation of her podcast. She's doing the work and investing in learning how to do it up front, knowing that if she's consistent, that it will pay dividends in the future. And I think for somebody in their 20s, that's really impressive. And I know that Kara is going to be successful. Okay, yes. I admit I kind of left that last point in there because he was nice to me and said I would be successful. Thank you so much, friend. Um, Yeah, so if you guys are interested in this whole lifestyle, this whole unique lifestyle of a debt-free life, debt-free college, you know, 
um, financial independence, being able to possibly retire early in life or do passive income streams, you know, have more time, money, location freedom. Check out Luisa's podcast, The 9 to 5 Dive, but also could you go ahead, head on over to Facebook and join our free Christian College Girl community. You can find that at Christian College Girl Community dash scholarships and graduate debt free. We support one another over there. You can ask questions. We can talk about your specific scenario. And also that'll give an update to um, when my course comes out called the Debt Free College Blueprint that will kind of teach you how to fish instead of just um, <laughs> listening listening on the podcast on how to go fishing, right? So in essence, teach you how to fish to find money and opportunities yourself. So if you join us, keep connected to the podcast and join the Facebook group, we'll get updates in there. And I'm so thankful that you guys listened. A little bit of a longer podcast, but I appreciate it. And until next time. Hey girl. Okay. So before you run off to calculus, if this podcast has brought you any encouragement, would you please write a review on iTunes or take a screenshot post it in your Insta stories and tag me. Let's tell the rest of our stressed sisters that more money and peace can be attained outside of the conventional way of doing college. See you next time. Love and prayers, Kara.